0: Welcome to Finding Your Voice After 40, a weekly podcast that includes interviews with multicultural women and men over the age of 40 who have gone from ordinary to extraordinary living. I am your host, Kenya McGuire-Johnson, and as an artist, educator, and certified health, wellness, and mindset coach, my goal is to share incredible interviews and stories of people you may know or you may not know who are reclaiming and renewing their lives. Whether you're over 40 or not quite there yet, each week you will be inspired to thrive and not simply survive. Remember, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. To learn more about our amazing self-care and wellness holistic services, head on over to www.findingyourvoiceafter40.com or to get bonus episodes, head over to our Patreon and become a subscriber at patreon.com findingyourvoice. This is Kenya, your host. And we are at episode number 21. This is a special Art Voices Matter episode where we bring in artists and hear more about their lives behind the scenes and how they are taking care of themselves after the age of 40. And today's title is The Audacity to Be Yourself. And this is an interview with opera singer Kenneth Kellogg, who... First of all, his voice, just speaking voice is going to soothe you (laughs) through this interview. But secondly, I couldn't think of a better title for this episode. We talk a lot about audacity. We talk a lot about confidence. Um, We talk a lot about releasing people-pleasing and really stepping into who you are and having the courage to do so and recognizing the freedom when you do do that. And so, you know, we, last week we were able to speak with um, a male or bring him back the men again this week. I think it's really important. I think sometimes when we talk about self-care and wellness, that starts to feel like that's more for the ladies or something. But in fact, we're hoping on this podcast to highlight how both men and women are taking care of themselves after the age of 40. So this is another delightful one. So you're going to want to dig in. Before we do that, um, you will be hearing me (laughs) pretty frequently talking about this new program that I'm just so excited to be launching. Um, I am going to do a full episode, uh, not about the program, but the theme, because The name of the group coaching program is the Take Ease Group Coaching Program and Mexico Getaway. And I will do a whole podcast to talk a little bit more about what I mean by this whole idea of Take Ease so that those of you who are interested, one, you'll know a little bit more what I'm talking about. If it's not something that resonates with you, I still would love for you to begin to get your mindset a little bit more on work and this whole hustle life we're living um, and challenge you to imagine life without that. Imagine life if work the way we know it wasn't tied to our lives the way that it is. And I think this becomes particularly compelling for life after 40 because now we're beginning to um, not only have these different transitions in our personal lives, our physical lives, but a lot more people are thinking probably a little more about retirement. What does that mean? And Are we just waiting still to turn some age that the government has told us we need to turn before we can retire and have a life? I want to challenge that a little bit. (laughs) So we'll do, um, an episode, um, fully on that. Um, actually, I believe that is next week's episode. So, but I did want to suggest those of you who are curious and, and just to know, I, I wanted to highlight um, a couple things before we get into this week's episode, episode, so that you, if you're wanting to check this out, if you're wanting to um, sign up for this, because we have limited spots, this is not a come all, you, you can be in it. Nope, nope, nope. Um, it's a total of 12 spots, and we have 10 remaining right now. So at, as of, at the time I'm recording, there may be less <laughs> by the time you hear that. But just some highlights. You know, it is um, it is a 12-month program. It is a year long because it's called the Take Ease. It's not the hurry up and finish. It's not a every week we meet. It's not one of those. It's not a quick fix. It's none of those. Really, the whole point of this group coaching is really – to allow black women over 40 to have more leisure, to have more ease and have more rest in their overall lifestyle. And we're gonna be particularly paying attention to health, career slash wealth and relationships, those parts of our lifestyle and how do we create more ease, rest and leisure when it comes to that. So it will begin in March of this year Um, we will be doing, you'll be hearing a lot more, um, if you're on our mailing list or social media come February, because we'll have a month of, of doing things, counting us down to the start. But it is, um, when you do join the program, we meet monthly, just once a month as a group. It's a group coaching. And then you also get an individual session with me. So you're getting individual coaching with me for a full 12 months as well as having a community of other black women to hold you accountable, to hold you in safety as you are reaching various breakthroughs and transformations as it relates to either your health, your career, or wealth, or your relationships. You choose. You choose the area in which you feel like you're going to need the most, you're wanting the most breakthrough. And that's really what our individual coaching is for, is to help really me hold your hand, help you come up with a blueprint, come up with goals, strategies. And we're doing this in a slower pace because it's called the take ease. And one of the things that sometimes I get a little concerned about with coaching um, or group coaching programs is, you know, you have eight weeks, you're going to become this or six weeks and you'll be that or um, we're taking our time with this because that's the whole point. Attempting to teach you how to do things at ease, not to tie your worth to how much you produce. Um, and so really practicing what we're preaching in this program. And then we celebrate by your fee that you pay. Um, and you can find those fees out by, you know, the link will be in the show notes. But the fee that you pay includes not just the coaching, but also a long weekend in Mexico right outside of Guadalajara. And that's your whole accommodations. And we have these different options, spa options, and all the things for you just to celebrate and immerse yourself in ease at the end. So again, if this feels like something that hmm sounds compelling, sounds like something you may need to dig more into. Um, You'll also, along with the coaching, you'll, there'll be an ebook that comes along with it, where we'll be pulling some information from. And you'll also get um, gifted and hardback copy of the new book, Rest is Resistance, a manifesto by Trisha Hersey, who is the founder of the Nat Ministry. So that is all a part of your package. And there's some more goodies that we'll be easing out. So again, look at the show notes find the link, or you can just go to, um, patreon.com slash finding your voice, click where it says show all levels. And you'll see where you can, um, that is if you're going to pay for a monthly fee, we will be rolling out some other payment options. Um, if you're interested, um, and doing a whole full payment. We are doing a special right now where the full payment is a lot cheaper. You're saving like over $500. So you can email us info at findingyourvoiceafter40.com if you want more information or want to talk. Or you can just go to patreon.com slash findingyourvoice. And you know you want to sign up. We've already had women just know they want to sign up. And you can grab it. It gives some more information there too. So I hope that you... If you are a black woman over 40, I hope you seriously consider this. Um, This is all about you. By the time you finish this year, you should, your life should look different. The way that you approach ease, the way that you understand rest, the way that you create your work environment, the way that you establish your relationships will be different. It will be different after this, so. All right, let's do our hashtag Thursday Thrive, and then we'll get into this episode. So the quote, I have what it takes to reach my fullest potential. Again, I have what it takes to reach my fullest potential. And some reflection questions for you to think about. What is my potential? And how am I living up to it? What is my potential? And how am I living up to it? And this is a really awesome question to ask yourself in relationship to um, what I just mentioned about with the program. I myself have done a 12 month coaching program, very similar format, meeting monthly as a group and then monthly individually with the coach. It changed my business, it changed my mindset. It is how this podcast is in your ears. These support matters and it works. And we may have an idea of our potential and we may believe that we really have it, but we don't know how to get to it. We don't know the steps. That's what this is about. How do we make the breakthroughs? How do we make the transformations that we want? And how do we do it with ease and not make it hard or difficult or difficult to sustain? So. All right, let's get into episode 21, The Audacity to Be Yourself, an Art Voices Matter interview with Kenneth Kellogg. And we are here with someone who I have interviewed before. I have interviewed before. But not on my podcast. And I'm yeah, really yeah. excited to to be here. Hi, Kenneth Kellogg. I'm gonna say Ken's your full name.
1: <laughs> like my mama. <laughs> no,
0: I like mama. I'm gonna say <laughs> I don't know, maybe she was pleasant with Kenneth Kellogg. So she loved <laughs> Kenneth Kellogg. But anyway, how yeah, are you? I'm how are you? I'm
1: absolutely amazing. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking.
0: Ah, absolutely! And those of you who are just listening, you have to join our Patreon because Kenneth and I are matching today. We did not coordinate <laughs> the golden hues that that are coming across the screen. Uh, this again, this the screen. Yeah. So it's really good. It's it's just good to see you in the flesh. I see you a lot on social media. Um, but I've never met you in person, but this is great that we get to connect.
1: So. I know our chance, we missed our chance. <laughs> yes. We'll get again. I'll be back to Chicago again.
0: Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Cause that, yeah. that was, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The whole world has seen you in this particular uh, piece um, and show and I have not. And we'll talk about that and what that show is. But um, cause it's a, I think from the outside it looks like it's been a really pivotal part of your Absolutely. career, yeah. Absolutely. So. So before we dig in, I'm gonna be asking some questions, but I want to read something to you first. So I want you just to sit back and relax and read it okay. and you just listen. I do this with every guest. So you're not you're special, but not that special. You get you get okay. picked on. Just I, can this. It.
1: <laughs> I can accept that.
0: Uh, all right, here we go. Praised for his commanding stage presence and rich resonant bass, Washington, D.C. native opera singer. Kenneth Kellogg began formal training at the Duke Ellington School of the Performing and Visual Arts as a vocal and visual arts student. His opera repertoire is plentiful, that it is, and this is condensed guys, this is condensed, but it's plentiful and diverse. Um, Janine Tesori and Taswell Thompson's Opera Blue was written for him. It was named the best new opera of 2020 by the Music Critics Association of North America. Never afraid to step outside of the box of traditional repertoire. Mr. Kellogg has been involved with several new operas and he's a frequent collaborator with small companies pushing the boundaries of the art of opera while lending his voice to several voiceover projects. Kenneth has managed a very active performing, very, I'm gonna emphasize this, very active performing <laughs> schedule <laughs> between the US and Europe. He has worked with many leaders in the field at houses including, and you guys, by no means, I'm, I condensed this list way, way down, but including San Francisco Opera, LA Opera, Washington National Opera, Seattle Opera, Atlanta Opera, Washington Concert Opera, Canadian Opera, Can- Opera Company, Just to name a few, there are many more than that. Um, Finally, Kenneth trained at the Academy of Vocal Arts, Wolf Trap Opera and holds degrees from the University of Michigan and Ohio University. He is a frequent guest lecturer for organizations about music and he is an advocate for artist rights and uses his certification from Cornell University to consult with performing arts organizations on their diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's a
1: lot. <laughs> and I, I can that. well that's what
0: I was gonna ask you. Did you re- remember?
1: No, <laughs> I mean did
0: you remember this stuff?
1: No. I mean yes. I mean yes, yeah, because it's my life, but I mean it's one of those things you just you just do and you don't question. Like I you rarely see a list of all the things that you do, but when it's put in front of you. You can either feel bad or or say, Okay, I did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm doing a good job.
0: Yeah. So which one do you feel?
1: I'm I'm on a good track. There's a lot more I want to do and, and need to do, but I feel like I'm on a good path.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And you were doing this at a point in your life where you are you are after forty, correct? I am. You're after 40, and this is why we do this podcast because, um, and you're part of our Art Voices Matter series, which means we're highlighting artists, because I think in our world of entertainment, in the world of TikTok, and in the world of all that is, um, there's a lot of ageism in in the arts, a lot of ageism in the sense that you have to be young and dare you continue a vibrant career as you age, you know, it's the time to step back, but I'm challenging that, and so I just... Yeah, so that's why I've asked you here. So oh good grief. That so so was it your intention? How was it has it always been your intention to be this involved in the arts? Did you did you envision this for yourself to this magnitude?
1: No, I, I didn't. Like I, I started with my love for my love for singing, my love for art. And I think my dedication to the craft, to just the performing aspect of it. Has grown into all of these other things. Mm. Um, so I, did, I mean, I didn't seek things like seek these things out, but mm. on my path in music, these things came to me, and I, you know, found room in my life for them and and took them on because it's as much a part of the art form of opera um, mm. as singing is. I mean, it's yeah. my contribution to to the
0: field. Mm. I love that. And so that sounds very audacious and and in a good way. I love the word audacious. Like the word yeah, audacity absolutely. is a really <clears throat> I, I think it's a powerful word. Um is there and it, it can be, I think we've turned it sometimes to be negative.
1: Like the oh, audacity you
0: know. of you. And it's like, yeah, the audacity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now I remember in college once, when I was a young snot nose kid from DC, <laughs> you know. And that was one of the few low voices in the school. So I heard, it, I had a certain level of, of confidence and mm. I carried myself that way. And like, it wasn't quite confidence then, now that I know what confidence is. <laughs> there was a certain level of, of cockiness I carried myself with. Mm. And some of my professors didn't like it. But I remember mm. I, my voice teacher, Daniel Washington, and you know, always said, it takes a certain level of, of confidence to do what we do.
0: Mm. It takes
1: a certain level of uh, to be able to get on stage and ask people to listen to you. And, you know, that stuck with me for all these years and it's grown, you know, in its complexities and and layers, but it takes that audacity to do what we do.
0: Mm, I love the way you just explained that. And I, I wonder, you know, give being told that at a young age and you saying you still carry that and hear that. And since this show is really talking about finding your voice after 40, how has that messaging changed or has it changed now that you're at this stage of your life?
1: Um, it's changed in that, one, I didn't know myself. I didn't know myself very well at you know, 20, 25. Like I knew mm-hmm. a version of myself. I knew what I, the things I was dealing with. I have a lot of influence from the outside. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of my professors telling me to do things. I had to do things for grades. I had to do things to keep scholarships. So there was a lot of trying to be everything for everybody, which kind of drove me insane because I couldn't (laughs) be like one, I didn't know like what they wanted. So I was trying to guess and I was trying to be, and I was trying to, I was trying all of these different Mm -hmm. things and I wasn't being, being true to myself Mm -hmm. in the sense that I didn't know who I was because. I was just all over the place. (laughs) I was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I was was trying to sing in a way that I thought, you know, the most important person in the school. Like, Mm. I want to sing to please that person. I want to sing to keep my scholarship. So my motivations were totally different. Mm. Whereas now, you know, I I have a sense of my identity, I have a sense of my voice, I have a sense of of why I do things. Mm. And that has nothing to do with anyone else's wants or desires or taste. It's purely purely mine mm. um, with the understanding of this is what the field appreciates and this is what the field requires of me and this is what I have to offer the field.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Kenneth, we ain't going to answer any of the questions I gave you. So it's so funny. I have to let the audience know. I always give them questions. Oh, you know, pay attention to these. But I let them know, depending on what you say, because what you just said, I mean, there's just a lot of layers in that. And I, yeah, I kind of want to pick them apart a little bit, just a little bit. And then I I do want to talk a bit more um, of your journey in terms of caring for yourself, especially as a Black male in this yeah. space, which I can only imagine because I am not in the opera space while I'm in music. I'm not in that space, but I have my assumptions, imaginations, and I'm sure many people listening have that too. So I definitely want to get into that identity, of course. but, um, or I want to get into that self-care. Um, you've said so many things and now I'm like, Oh my God, where do I want to go with that? Where do I want to go with that? Well, I, but let me say this and, and confirm this, um, in just watching you from afar, everything you just said in terms of commands, but there's a humility in that command. And, and I'm just looking from afar. So I see a lot of audacity in you, like I mentioned, but um, I see a lot of humility in you. And Mm -hmm. so where, I guess, flipping into kind of leading and really knowing yourself, did something have to happen? We have guests and a lot of times they'll say, well, this happened to me and then that's what got me over here. Or I had this Mm -hmm. loss, and this is what, was there some kind of triggering effect that finally was like, I'm gonna let go of pleasing all of these things and I'm really gonna tap in to me.
1: Yeah, I mean there. So there was one pivotal moment where, like, it's it started started to change, started me to think about things. I was in conservatory uh, when I was a young person. Young person, I sound like an old <laughs> person saying A young person, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like I was I was working hard. I was singing hard. I was tired. I I was working to please other people, and I was preparing for I think like three or four different concerts at the same time.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: and. I was working with a coach and he was he was pushing me, he was riding me, which I love to be pushed, mm-hmm. but I, I I got a vocal injury. Like I tore my vocal cord, I ended up tearing my vocal cord in this coaching and it was devastating. You know, yeah. I had to cancel all of these things, I had to oh. go to the doctors, go to the ENT to one figure out what was wrong. Right. So when I got to the doctors, he told me like you have you have the beginnings of a vocal tear, so you have to Go on steroids and be totally silent for a week, mm. and in that week, like I lost, like I didn't know who I was because I totally mm. identified with my ability to be able to sing, mm. and all of my worth and all of my my daily actions was going to the practice room, was learning music, and to be able to not do that for a period of time, like I had to find something, and then I mm. like I didn't know, like I was just crushed and depressed and devastated. Mm. But the, I mean, that wasn't the pivotal thing that happened.
0: <laughs> not that. that. <laughs> not thing, that not major that. thing.
1: <laughs> but in in that state of not knowing who I was and not knowing what to do, like I went to the conservatory just to be around music because that's you know that's where I, I felt most welcome and I felt the most purpose. Mm. And the head of the school, you know, he looked at me and he's like, you know, can you sing? and i motioned like no like i'm on vocal rest and he asked me he was like well why are you here mm. and for me that let me know that like no one cares no mm. one cares in the sense that <clears throat> because i couldn't sing like I, I wasn't even worth being in the building wow. and that crushed me as they crushed me as a young person but it also told me that why am I breaking my back? <laughs>
0: to yes. please. I
1: mean, he I mean it was it was he like it came through him, but he was like it was everyone. Like I was doing this for everyone. He just happened to be that vehicle to teach me this lesson.
0: Yeah, yeah. And once
1: I realized like like it doesn't matter. Like people only care about what I can produce for them. Hmm. So then I started from that moment on, I started, I started singing for myself. If I didn't like something, I would. I, I don't like this, or this doesn't <laughs> feel good to my soul, or this doesn't like. Okay, like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And a- another thing that, that I mean, I, I forget where I where where I got it or how I got it. And I think it came through several entities throughout throughout my life. Is that um, you know there are no rules. <laughs> there really are no rules. <laughs> like I can yes. do whatever I want to do yeah. and there's very little that's going to stop me mm. and if you really think about it like only I mean, we stop that,
0: ourselves I mean, yeah, that's-
1: only, we, only we stop of ourselves and this perception yeah. that I can't do this thing because this is going to happen or that's going to happen like I can't do this because something bad is going to happen and it's just simply not true I mean, there are consequences for actions. As long as my intentions are pure, as long as my goals are, are pure to who I am, I can deal with whatever consequences come from those actions that I put forth.
0: Absolutely. Listen, listen, listen. Okay. I promise we're going to ask a question that I wrote. Thank you for that. Because that, what you're saying as far, because we, there's, there's all these illusions and stories and make-beliefs that we have going on in our brain oh, and, and, and informing our decisions and our actions that have nothing to do, nothing to do yeah. with, yeah, know. you know, the realities that, and the opportunities that can exist. Mm-hmm. So that's like the gift of being a human being, you know, Absolutely. that's, that's the gift is you kind of, you get to kind of choose these different myriads of things and the freedom is, is the gift. But like you said, you know, we get caught up in these ideas of rules and we take our injuries from the past and the things that yeah. conditioned us and make them our present rules. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Mm. All right. Speaking of rules, then now let's get back to you being um, a black male in opera. I'm just going to ask, what has that been like? Just, I'm just going to give a general blanket. <laughs> um, know. You
1: know, I I don't I don't really know. I mean, I, like I know the story that everyone wants to hear, right? Like, That's I know what... the story of of it being oh, it's so hard to like I, like, I don't get opportunities because I'm black, and I don't get opportunity mm-hmm. because of this, and you know, it's difficult to like. I mean. Like I know that story. I can tell that story.
0: <laughs> no, but don't tell that story. story. That's, story. This... that's not your story.
1: That's not my story. You know, because yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's difficult. Opera is. It's an expensive art form. There've been times where, like, I haven't had money, or I haven't had family backing to t- take voice lessons. I haven't had. But I've found a way within things that I do have mm-hmm. to be able to get what you know what I need to profess or progress in the field. Um. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the biggest thing about being a black singer is that everyone asks you, "What's it like to be a black singer?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, how, I don't know how else to explain yeah. it.
0: Okay, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get more specific. I'll say, yeah. this in terms of community, in terms uh, of <clears throat> um, feeling a sense of belonging, a sense mm-hmm. of connection within um, the opera space. Yeah, does that yeah. do you feel your identities? The intersections of them, both male yeah. and and blackness, or not so much in that space.
1: Um, or I mean, if, was there
0: ever a time? Maybe not now, but yeah, has, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, no. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for me is when it comes to repertoire and the stories that we tell through opera. That's mm-hmm. where the di- biggest disparity comes in for me. there're not mm-hmm. a lot of operas about black people. Yeah. But so often yeah. feel like a guest in this art form. Like gotcha. I'm having to, you know, to guess what it's like to be a white king in the eighteenth century. Like mm-hmm. I'm having to like I'm having to to put myself in those situations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As far as you know getting opportunity, I mean I fight for everything. I go after everything that I feel like I I one I can accomplish. Two I have the ability um to be good at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: now maybe i mean i'm sure i'm sure there are people who are racist in the field i'm right. sure i don't get opportunity because of the color of my skin i mean right. there are definitely things in the field that you know you know you can't hire a, a black lead with a white soprano just right
0: like, there,
1: there are those, <laughs> yeah. those things that exist
0: yeah
1: but is that my problem like right. it's not my problem i can do I can do what I can to change that I can help change that impression through my dedication to the craft, through rising up of the ranks and coming to a position of being able to say, okay, this is this is wrong. It's time to change it. I can I have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. Do I have the power to 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 totally change the industry and the history of the, the industry and say that you know that that was wrong? Like, no, I can't. Like I can't yeah. change the past. I can only change. The present. And I can only do that if I dedicate myself to the craft and if I can gain the respect of people mm-hmm. who have that power to either change their minds through my work and through my dedication to the craft, or I become that person in power.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I can change what I see is, is wrong. And it's mm-hmm. it's difficult because we're going through a period of, you know, there's a lot of black singers calling for. Change calling for black stories to be told, but they haven't really dedicated themselves
0: to the craft. Oh, crack. come on now! This they is where I wanted that. you to go. I I'm so glad oh, you yeah. went here. <laughs> I'm so glad you went here. Yeah. Because and I asked that question, not necessarily from my own personal understanding. I asked that mm-hmm. question because I do. I know that that's an assumption. That's a I'm sure a common question, and yeah. I think rightfully so. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not surprised. Right? I get that, and I'm so glad that you are presenting a space that I don't think people quickly allow their minds to go to. And, yeah. and, you know, that you exist within the space and you are having opportunity in the space. You're flourishing in the space, you're thriving in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's because of your dedication to the craft.
1: Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't change something you're not a part of yeah i mean you can try but i mean it won't really stick you can make noise you can scream but if you aren't a part of it if you aren't on the stage doing it they're just going to see you as a nuisance so they don't really care right but if i've dedicated myself to the craft and I'm, i'm up there and i have a voice with within the field to say this is wrong this doesn't feel good to me as a black man what can we do Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny. I mean, finding your voice.
0: Yeah. You, know? Ding dong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to find your voice where where it can, where it needs to be heard, where it is heard, and it's not ignored. I and mean, there are a lot of people screaming. I mean, everyone has a voice.
0: Right. Right. Ooh, I love it. Okay, I have to. This has nothing to do. And and this is. So I'm a real big student of astrology, a massive student. And I, mm-hmm. I want to say you're an Aquarian, correct? I am actually. Yeah, that's what I was like, yeah, he's an aquarium. And so so well and I I pick on aquarians, one, because my son is an Aquarian. And my son, his audacity on every level, uh, he is (laughs) and as a child it was challenging. I just and he knows that. I mean it was oh my gosh, It, it was it was really challenging. And not because he was a bad kid. It was because he was an yeah. audacious kid. He was a curious kid. He was a strong-willed kid. And he's 19 now. He's about to turn 20 um, oh, next good month. Luck. <laughs> and right. So he's really in, you know, his ego is like, yeah. yes, you know, there, it's it's all that. But 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 I I always said, and I'm I'm gonna tie this to you in a moment. When he was when he was young, I was like, you know, he's hard duh. For me in raising, but my God, he's gonna be an amazing adult because mm-hmm. he he doesn't allow these other norms and people and squares and boxes to dictate, you know, his energy. So I'm hearing your story yeah. and I'm like, he's an Aquarian. He's an
1: Aquarian. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yes, I am. I am an Aquarian. Yeah. Ah, I love it. So <laughs> Yeah,
0: but no Aquarians are what make to me, um, because of their love for humanity, as well as their okay. aud- audace- audacious nature, they're what really drive new norms and um, allow us to and create room and space <clears throat> for us to go in places that we otherwise maybe not consider. So
1: yeah, I mean I, that's I, a big I, part of how I how I try to go about things. Like I I say this and people misunderstand, <clears throat> but I try to live without expectation. Yeah. I try to open. I try to live an open life accepting that everything has its own purpose and everything is going about its way, trying to fulfill its purpose. You know, that purpose may coincide with mine. It may help mine. It may be entangled with mine or it may not, but mm-hmm. I don't try to control anyone or anything. And I fully accept and respect that that's your purpose in life.
0: Yeah, no. And that's, uh that what that gives you and that further gives you freedom because you're oh, not absolutely. trying to control others yeah
1: oh yes i am not it's, it's interesting like i i'm not a micromanager but i can be a micromanager.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well this will okay so this is a good segue because i wanted to i wanted to make sure that i bring up your family life in this space um because yeah, again i'm sitting on the outside um, I've mm-hmm. never met your wife and children. I don't, I don't know nothing about it, but, um, <laughs> but I'm sitting on the outside and I'm seeing, and I think probably one of the first things that I picked up on was your connection to your son. And this was before your daughter was born. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about micromanaging and not having control or these things, how has parenting as an artist, as I mean, what, how has managing these, um, potentially very different parts of yourself um, how yeah. has that been um, for you
1: um, it's it's interesting I think being a parent has made me a better artist and it's mm. made me more of an advocate for for um, you know just my son um, and my kids kids now um, mm. so I'm a big believer in that you know a parent is the window to the world for, for their for their kid mm. um, so what I do out in the world as an artist, what I do out in the world as a man, as a black man, as a human, will directly affect, you know, how the world ends up being for my son. Mm-hmm. And often, I mean, for a, a large part of his his life, he will travel in the circles that I've created for him right. until he then discovers, you know, his own circles, and, and the world widens from his own perspective. Mm. But the world that I set and the world that I create for him in my actions right now will be his existence for the next, well, until he's 18, at least, hopefully 18.
0: He's going to be around um, for, listen, 18, I don't know what magical number they came up with now,
1: But 18, anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know? But I, I'm, I'm very aware of of. of like I'm literally creating his world through my actions mm. their world their, I'm creating their world through my actions now. Yeah. And I want it to be a certain way. You know, I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel protected. I want them to feel open. I want them, like I want them to feel all of these things. So even when I, when I talk to them now, I'm like they get a pep talk every morning, I'm like mm. you're smart, you're brave. The world is yours. You can do this. You can do that. Like, I want them to have, have that energy when they go into the world. And, you know, being a singer, you know, I'm blessed to be able to travel, you know, travel all over the world singing. And it's of the utmost importance to me that they travel as well. So Mm. to hear my my son, you know, begging to go back to Poland, (laughs) it's like, all right, yeah, <laughs> you know? okay. yeah, you know, like yeah, like kid, you're, you're you're you just turned eight years old. Like you want to go back to Poland? <laughs> back, okay. <right>. Dad, Dad's <laughs> doing something right, you know. Yeah, and we just got we right. just spent some time in, in Amsterdam, you know. So mm-hmm. as far as you know, being aware of of creating their world and their experience for them is it's really important, and it's made me again, it's made me more dedicated to, to the art form because this is what allows me to create that world for them.
0: Mm, very powerful. Yeah, you know, raising children has so many levels to it. And, you know, I love that you're saying that, you know, you're creating the world that they're stepping into. And I think so often people feel like they just, again, this control thing. Oh, I'm so afraid of this world for my children. It's like, well, then go in the world and do be something. <laughs> do yeah, something that yeah. you want. For recognizing.
1: Children. Is in that power and that influence that you have in the world again back to that thing that there are no rules, right? You know, I mean, you can make up your own rules within within the realm, you know. Um,
0: absolutely, yeah, I, I I, I try to write them, yeah. And see, I think that people, you know, and I hope people who are listening really listen to this. I know we're. Most of our audience is over 40, but actually when I'm looking at my analytics, we've got even all the way down to 17 and 18. So that's really cool. But um, I think we we get so afraid of the world out there, but understand that your kids world inside your home, that pep talk every morning, that's the world for them.
1: It is, it is.
0: That's the world for them. And so the more safe you can make your home environment, the more their voice can be heard. Um, yeah. and can be seen. And even those of us who are raising Aquarian children who are <laughs> audacious and oh, have a man. lot of love, it's all love, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the first world. And so, yeah. you know, and, and trusting, trusting that. So, all right, I want us, we're going to ask just a couple more questions. Um, I could go on and on, but I, you know, Me we're, too. On, we're on a time, time of it. <laughs> So self-care, how in the world are you, you know, given, because that's a lot of bandwidth, honestly, to have to be able to wake up every morning and give your children pep talks and to be able to train and and Mm -hmm. be dedicated to the craft. And then, you know, I know, you know, you're married, so being able to partner with someone and then just, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the things that you do that give, you know, just for you that give you the space to do that?
1: Um... I don't I don't know really. <laughs> I don't think I do. I think it's I think <clears throat> I think understanding my responsibility, understanding my responsibility to my kids and to my wife and to the world and to music just allows me to make more space. Mm. I and mean, it allows me to make more space for things. I think often when I'm most tired or most run down, I've lost the sense of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. And when I'm really clear about that, even with disciplining my kids or how I talk to them, when I'm really clear about why I'm doing and what results I want from what I'm doing, energy seems boundless. Mm. And I often, you know, once the day is done, I often find myself like just crashed on the, <laughs> on the couch at night. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's odd. I don't
1: feel like, you know, I'm, I'm I, I've learned from colleagues, like, Ken, like, you need to take care. But <laughs> because I love uh-oh. what I do. Uh-oh, I, uh-oh, You, you know. have friends
0: that's telling that's, you, all right, so we're going to, okay.
1: That's because they, they, they do the thing, like, like mani petty. I was like, what? I've never had a mani-pedi. <laughs> it's, but <laughs> yeah, it's
0: that's, that that's self-care. Apparent. I mean,
1: I, I often, like, so I'll go to the gym, and I often do those things to get me in line with, mentally, with what I have to tackle the day right um so i always try to prepare my day mentally before i go at it physically
0: and that's self-care i I mean i think that's 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 yeah for me that is self-care i'll go
1: to the gym like i work out damn near every day Mm -hmm. um i I eat i eat well i i love hard and i love my kids (laughs)
0: yeah
1: um i love my wife i love my craft um and in that love, it, it rarely feels like I need self-care because I've built this life that is full. You know, it's full. There's nothing that I do in life that I feel like I need a break from.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So, oh my God, Kenneth. We, and, and we're running low on our time. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, it cannot be that we have been talking.
1: About <laughs> it, it does. Sorry.
0: Because, no, because I think we have to stop thinking that self-care means the outlet,
1: Oh, absolutely. Self-care
0: is the self-care is the the it's it's the it's what you just said. It's it's actually the day to day. How are you create? What is the life you're creating? Absolutely. So that you don't have to escape from your life. Can we create the life that we actually desire so that when we, quote unquote, escape, it's just a pleasure Space. It's yeah. not now to go take care of myself. It's right. no, I, these actions, me being authentic, me being true to my values, these, this truth is my care for myself. You know, yeah, I, I, think I mean,
1: that, that's not to say I don't get frustrated. That's not to say I don't get angry. Like, I, I do, I get all of those things. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I do, when I do get to that point, I realize that it's, I'm trying to control something that's not mine. Mm. i'm trying to Mm -hmm. do something that's not good for good for me and that's Mm -hmm. when i start to get frustrated and that's when i remind myself like okay like like take the space allow space allow these things to be what they are because i can't control them Mm -hmm. and that's where i find peace allowing things to be and respecting things as as they are yeah yeah
0: uh, all right, y'all. I know y'all are like, okay, how can we get to hear Kenneth's music? Where do we follow him? Do we... I'm going to share all that in a moment because you're very interesting. And I think that um, you brought up some really, really strong food for thought of how people can look at managing self-care, managing self-goals, managing, you know, just a lot of things. So I, I really appreciate that. But we don't have that much more time. So these are my okay. last couple questions. Okay. We have to bring out, we have to bring up uh, the show blue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. And you maybe tell, just give a brief kind of, so people have a context of blue and, of and just what has that, how has that experience influenced you?
1: So blue is an opera that um, Janine Tazori and Tazwell Thompson wrote. Um, it's, it's about a black man who is a police officer and he and his wife, middle-class, they live in Harlem. They just had a baby, and the wife is terrified of raising a black boy in America. And the father is over the moon because it's—it's like he was afraid to have a son, but mm. raising a son is the thing that he wants. But the son is, grows up to be an activist. You know, it very mm. much takes takes uh, place during this time where we have you know Black Lives Matter and police violence, and the son is killed. Like he's killed mm. by a police officer. So the father is thrown into this, these two worlds of my dedication to being a police officer and my dedication to my family, my community as a black man. Mm. And it's, it's an opera about how the community and this family comes together to, to heal or not heal Mm. for that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a powerful piece. I mean, premiered back in 2019,
0: I want to say, Yeah.
1: I think we've, Performed it maybe six times now.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. uh, you had did... to
0: stop during the whole pandemic. Yeah, we had
1: to stop. We had to stop during the pandemic, which is, which is I where we met in Chicago. <laughs>
0: um, right, right. So
1: it's a, it's a powerful opera and it's one that, you know, I talked about being a guest in, in in the field, being a black man, having to pretend to be a king in the 18th century. Blue is is the first opera that I I it was about our community. It was about yeah. me as a black man. And then I felt like I could really lend my full self to, to an opera. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a powerful piece. It's a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it'll be done quite quite
0: often. Ah, uh, Well, and that's what I was going to ask you as we wrap up. You know, when will it be, you know, performed again? Where? Yeah. Um, so the next yeah.
1: scheduled production, there's two productions. The one is at, in London at the English mm-hmm. National Opera. Mm-hmm. And the other one is in Washington, D.C. with Washington National Opera. Okay. I think that'll be next year, what, February, March. Okay. We dates. Yeah. All right.
0: And Chicago, you don't, that's not, that's not. on. Yeah, there.
1: I don't know. But yeah, there is another opera. There's another opera coming to Chicago that you should see called Il Fuck Totem, which is by a colleague of mine. It's. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs>
0: All right. Out. Yeah. Well, see, you're yeah. not in it though. So I'm, so I'm like, okay, no, well, that's good. Yeah, I'm that's not in, good. in it, but
1: one of those things you know it's it's a black opera by a black man and a dj actually uh dj and a classical singer we talk about you know supporting the arts yeah but well, we have to support you know if we want to see that change that's one of the things we have to do is support support the art form
0: absolutely no i was i was kidding i i, will, I, of I will support both but, i will see and, you <laughs> washington so i used to live in dc i went to howard and then i lived in dc for a long time so i'm oh, though. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah so and, and it's funny you know you going to duke ellington i mean i just know so many people who who went to school there and um yeah, so DC is like second home for me. So I'm like, okay, February, March, mm-hmm. I can calm I, can, I, can, calm I can, can come down. down <laughs> I can come down. because my my friend who lives, my girlfriend who lives in Amsterdam, you know, even she, she was like, "Oh my god, the lead of this she posted on Facebook. This was amazing." Oh, that's I'm amazing. like, "Oh my god, Danny, you saw this and I still have it. <laughs> You're all the way in Amsterdam. She lives there. She's American, but she lives she lives there yeah, in Amsterdam. Amsterdam, Amsterdam
1: was amazing. Like the way they yeah. responded to blue was it was like I was unsure because it was, it's an American story and this subject matter is very American, but they were on their feet every night after, after the curtain went up. It was pretty amazing.
0: The, the love of of performance and the arts, you know, in the Netherlands and, you know, just I think abroad is such a different level. Yeah. And until yeah, you experience yeah. as an artist that lo- I know when I've performed abroad, it's just a different energy, it's a different level of appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Um So. All right, this is my last question. Um, and then okay. For for this round, you know, we'll have to bring you back. Um, and then um, we'll have have you you know share any of your social media, or website, or ways that people can just keep up with oh, your I, career. I
1: still don't know them, but okay. Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: Well, we'll <laughs> we're gonna try our best, but you get a question first. Um, okay. So you're a musician. I know this is hard for artists, okay? This question is always hard. I did prep you. This is one of the ones that was on the prep question. I did not it was, read it, okay. Oh, wow, well, he's like, oh, I didn't do an assignment. Okay, <laughs> what is a theme song for you? What is a song that just, whenever you hear it, you feel motivated, you feel good, you feel powerful, you play it a lot? It could be something that's just recently, or it could be something that's your whole life. It's just yeah, so there are
1: two. There are two okay. that get me in the mood. So there's Umi Says by Most Def
0: hmm yeah, and really
1: yeah i'm the man by elo black
0: ah those, yeah, those two, yeah
1: those two are ones that get me going
0: those are good artists to get you awesome those are those are good that's going on our playlist so that's why you Perfect. know we're, we're making a playlist and i'm hoping we're building up the playlist so we're hoping we'll get it out in 2023 so um by the time people hear this it'll be 2023 so hopefully it'll be out but this has been so lovely i knew that it would i knew that it would it's always a pleasure talking to you and hearing about your journey and today was even more i I got more of the onion layers peeled back so um it's been really really good so i want you to tell the people okay you have to know at least your website how can they? I do
1: know that. So it's just <laughs> www.kennethkellogg.com. <laughs> there we I, go. That I do know. <laughs> Insta and Facebook and Twitter, I've deleted now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm horrible. Like I'm active, but I'm horrible. <laughs> uh,
0: I think you're, I, I want to say, I mean, we're going to put this in the show notes. I do my research. So I, you know, I, I want to say it's just kind of. Kellogg, isn't it? Or maybe it's, it's Kenneth.Kellogg. Like like Kenneth.
1: Something like yeah, that. I think something it's like like Kenneth. Kellogg.
0: All right. Don't listen to us. it will be in the show notes. it will be correct. <laughs> <laughs> it will be correct in the show notes. So just don't, don't pay attention to what we're saying. But um, again, this has been lovely. We are going to do a bit of a bonus um, in just a moment. But for those who are listening on the podcast platforms, um, this wraps this up. Um, if you want to hear the bonus where I'm going to ask Kenneth, to give just a little bit more good stuff, if you're really enjoying this, then hop over to patreon.com slash findingyourvoice. And that's how you will be able to see more bonus content. So thank you again. I appreciate you tremendously. My pleasure.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast and share on social media using hashtag findingyourvoiceafter40. To submit questions, email info at findingyourvoiceafter40.com.